This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, we are very blessed. We are uh, enjoying planting out into Tamworth. God is doing amazing things. And we have great people with us, like Ali and Katie and, and uh, so many more um, that come and, and serve faithfully. And, uh, and Jesus is, is saving people. People are being added to us. And we're growing. And, um, you know, it, it, it's exciting to be a part of that, to be on the front line of what God is doing and to take ground. And what I want to bring to you today is that we're all called to take ground. And I want to share on how we're all just like Joshua. And I'm excited about this because it's something that's been burning in my heart for quite a while. If, you've, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been tweeting about Joshua for months. And so um, I've been reading about his life and I've just been so encouraged by how faithful he was to the word of God. And his calling um, that God placed on him. And I believe in this room that we're all called to take ground for Jesus like Joshua. To impact our cities, our towns, our villages. And we're going to explore Joshua's life and take truths from his life and apply them to us. And so it's going to be a really good time. And um, a few weeks ago, David spoke uh, from 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I found, and if you found Jesus and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, then you are a priest you are set apart, and you are called. You are called. And when I read about Joshua and his life, I can't help but be inspired and excited for all that Jesus has for me. And I see keys to help me being a priest set apart, and I see that there's keys to help me take ground, and keys to excite me for the calling that he's put on me. And when I read that verse in 1 Peter 2.9, it says that we were made a priest that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. It's not that we were set apart just to be Sunday morning Christians, um, just to come on a Sunday and just sit our bottoms down. No, there was a sense of action to it. You're a priest so that you may do something. There's a sense of action to being a priest. And being a priest isn't just being a noun, a person, place, or thing, if you forget that in school. It's about being a, a verb. It's an action. Being a priest, there's action attached to it. James in James 2, 17, he, he encourages, he says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough, unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless otherwise. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And I read this, uh, the, this life of Joshua, and he was a man of action. He was a man who never backed down. He was one that would never surrender. He didn't let circumstances, obstacles, or the enemy, or anything under heaven stop him from doing what God had called him to do. He never let anything, anything stop him from laying hold of the promises of God. And Joshua, you find him in the books of um, Exodus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and obviously the book of Joshua as well. And later on, in, in, he's mentioned in a few others. And, and Joshua, he was Moses' um, aide and assistant. Moses was a big man in the Bible in Exodus. Read about him if you don't know about him. Um, he, he was a military commander and a soldier. 
Uh, Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land. He was a man that led the people through the Jordan River on dry, dry ground. He conquered Jericho. He prayed and the sun stood still for a whole day. I mean, what a prayer warrior. I mean, have you tried to pray that the sun would stand still for a whole day? Um, I've tried it and it didn't work for me. Um, He conquered six nations and 31 kings fell to him. This guy was used mightily by God and he gave his whole life for God's kingdom and his purposes. And Joshua understood he was called. And you need to know in this room today that you are called. You are set apart and you are chosen. It says in Joshua 1, if you want to turn there, this is where we're going to be looking at most of all. This is Joshua's commission that God gave to him, Joshua 1 verse 1. And this is after the fact that Joshua was a spy in the promised land. This is after Moses died. And this is after Joshua was following Moses everywhere he went. And now it's Joshua's turn to take up the mantle. And this is his commission and his call from God. In Joshua 1 verse 1, I'm reading from the ESV, and it says... After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses is dead. Now, first of all, that's a huge statement. That's huge news. That is massive because Moses was the guy who confronted Pharaoh He was the guy that said, Pharaoh, let my people go. And he went back again and again and again. He was persistent. He was God's man of power for the hour. He he parted the Red Sea and led the Israelites through. He he, he gave the law of God. He was the one who, who was given the plans for the Ark of the Covenant, which was the very presence of God at the time. He saw the physical back of God. This is Moses. This guy was a powerhouse for God. And Joshua had followed Moses ever since Moses had led the Israelites out of captivity. Joshua followed Moses everywhere. He was, as I said, Moses' assistant. And, and, and Joseph, uh, Joseph, I'm putting them together. <laughs> uh, Joshua followed Moses everywhere. And Joshua followed Moses up the mountain where Moses and, and was given the law of God for the first time, Joshua was there with him. When the presence of God fell, when Moses was given the plans for the tabernacle, when Moses was given the plans for the priest's garments and their consecration, where he got the two tablets where God himself wrote on it with his finger, Joshua was there on the sidelines the whole time watching this whole thing happen. And Joshua's whole life was, was devoted to Moses. And now Moses is dead. Huge news, massive implications. And often when God wants to bring you and I into something new, it means something old needs to die. And no matter how good it was, no matter how much of a blessing it was, we need to let go of what was to grab hold of what is to be. And oftentimes when we receive a promise from God or he's called us to do something, it means we have to let something go. The old is gone, the new has come. I press on, we heard Russ praying, I press on towards the goal. You know, I leave what's behind and I press on towards what lies ahead. And, and God continues with Joshua in Joshua 1, 2, and he says, Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. 
Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness to the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. I remember Jesus saying that, didn't he? You know, I'm with you as long as, as, as surely as, you know, as long as you live, I will be with you. It's amazing. Same promise over us. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then... Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that, will you, all that you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is Joshua's call. And, and Joshua, he could have sat around and moped about Moses. He, he could have, you know, went through all the reasons why he wasn't qualified. Um, but we don't find him do that. He literally throws himself into the deep end. Like literally, he goes through the Jordan. He goes through on the deep end. Sorry, everyone's looking over there. I thought I was ringing. He literally jumps into the deep end and he goes through the Jordan. And he, 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 he then takes Jericho. And, he, and, 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 and Joshua knew he was called and he didn't waste a single moment. He worked it out straight away. Because he knew that when you're given a calling, you have to act it out. We're called to be priests. We're called to be sons of God. We're called to be his body, his bride. But that doesn't, it doesn't end with just being called and doing nothing. There's a sense of action attached to it. And you need to know today that you're called. And God didn't make a mistake when he made you. He made you on purpose. And there is never any regret when he looks at your life... Your past, your present, and your future. There's never any regret. And he doesn't look at your whole life and think, Oh, I wish I didn't make him. I wish I didn't make her. No, he doesn't. He made you on purpose. He made you for purpose. And he made you with purpose. And the only reason that you and I have breath in our bodies and we're standing here right now in this day is because he willed for you to be here. It's because he wants you to be alive. He wants you to be sitting in your seat right now with breath in your bodies, with life, blood flowing through every inch of your being, because he wants you to be here. And that excites me. That really does excite me. And there's a lady in the Bible named Esther. She was a, she, God chose her and raised her up to be a queen and she delivered the Jews from destruction. And it was said of her in Esther 4.14 that you were made for such a time as this. And I want to put it to you that you and I were made for such a time as this. For such a time as this. He looked at the whole of the earth's timeline, seeing the past, the present, and the future. And he said, Benj... I need you in the year 2014. 
So therefore you need to be born in the year 1987? Eight. No, I don't want you to be in the year 200 BC. No, I don't want you to be in the year 2199. I need you to be alive in 2014 because the world needs a bench right now in this time because you were born for such a time as this. And that's incredible. That blows my mind that he would choose me to be alive right now. And that, that makes me think, well, then there must be a purpose to it. There must be something about this divine strategy that God has that made me alive right now. I mean, I wouldn't be able to, you know, introduce the city if I was alive in 200 BC. You know, what was I going to do? It was purposeful. It was strategic. And it wasn't a mistake. The truth is, God has chosen each and every one of us in this room, whether you know it or not, whether you know Jesus or not, He has a plan for your life. And the Word is filled with this sense of plan and destiny. If you read Jeremiah 1.5, it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you. Deuteronomy 14.2 says, You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and He has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be His own special treasure. Ephesians 1.4 says, Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family. By bringing us to, be, to himself through Jesus Christ. I love this next verse. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. God has handpicked you. You were chosen. You were called. You were set apart. Before the world was created, he knew you. That's wonderful, isn't it? It's absolutely mind-blowing. And I can't help but just sit there when I read this and I just think, wow. The sense of calling is in all of us. There's something in every man's heart that screams out, there must be more to life than this. There must be something deeper than just being born, going to school, going to work, retiring and then dying. I will not accept that's my life. I will not accept that as the norm. No, I've been called, set apart. I am chosen by God. That is who I am. And I'm called by God. He, called, he didn't call me to be couch potato. He didn't call you to be a couch potato. He didn't call you to be a sideliner. He didn't call you to be a backbencher. He called us to be the head and not the tail. He called us to be above and not beneath. He called us to be at the front line of all His purposes. Knowing that I am more than a conqueror. Knowing that I'm set apart and that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That is who I am because Jesus came into my life and set me apart. And gave me a life worth living. Proverbs tells us that the righteous are as bold as lions. And you look at Joshua's calling and God seemed to have to drone into Joshua again and again and again. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. In your calling, God is calling you and I to be strong and courageous. To be a lion in the kingdom. To roar again. To be bold in what he's called us to do. And, and Joshua knew he was called to take the promised land. 
It says, wherever you set your foot, you'll be on the land I, given, I have given you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land that I swore to their ancestors I would give them. You're called. You're called to take the land, to bring heaven to earth. You're called to see people around you saved. That is your calling, to go and make disciples of all nations, to share the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God, to share the love of God, to lay hands on the sick, to see them recover. That is what you and I are called to do. And if you follow Joshua's life, you realize that he never wasted a single moment. He was a guy who understood, understood that early bird gets the worm. This is something my dad used to tell me when I used to lie in as a kid. And I'd wake up and there would be, he'd make pancakes or something. And then I'd wake up too late and there'd be none left. And he'd say, oh, early bird gets the worm. <laughs> like, oh, again. <laughs> but you follow Joshua's life and it's interesting. There's a, there's a little phrase that comes out quite a bit in Joshua's life, in the book of Joshua. And it was this, he rose early in the morning. And it was interesting what was attached to that. When he rose early in the morning, something happened. In Joshua 3, it said he rose early in the morning, and then he crossed the Jordan. So he saw a fantastic sign and wonder. Joshua 6, he rose early in the morning, and he took Jericho. Joshua 7, he rose early in the morning, and he dealt with the sin of the people. And in Joshua 8, it says he rose early in the morning, and he defeated the enemy nation of Ai. And I don't think that it's just the fact that he got up early, like if you have a lion, God won't use you. I'm not saying that at all. We all enjoy a a lion from time to time. Although I do believe that he has a hard time using lazy people. And we need to discipline ourselves. And sometimes it does mean waking up early. and, And if you don't have any time to be with him in the word throughout the day or be with him in your own quiet time, then you've got to get up early. Because I guarantee it will change your life. He was more than just an early riser, Joshua. He was, this was a a way of life for him. It was a mindset that Joshua had. It was like he he was in anticipation always for what God would do next. He couldn't wait for another day for what God was going to do. He was always ready and willing and excited for God and his purposes. He was, he wanted to squeeze every single drop out of his day. And, and, and he was overflowing with expectation. And if you want to be like Joshua, you need to know you were called. And you need to be one with an attitude of an early riser. Proverbs 6.9 says it plainly. But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, and a little folding of hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. If you want to work out the calling that God has on you, you can't be lazy or treat this life with contempt. He wants us to be a people who will take hold of every opportunity to run with our calling with all we've got. That we're not afraid to stand up to grasp the promises of God and to actually believe that if I, you know, if I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. To actually believe that. To actually believe that if I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Early bird gets the worm. Don't miss out. Joshua knew he was called for purpose. You are called for purpose. In Joshua 1.7, it says this, Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them from 
the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the books of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night, and you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. If we want to be people who take ground, if we want to be priests, if we want to be God's chosen people, then we need to know, yes, we're called. We need to believe that he has called us, but we need to also believe in what he says. Meditate on it day and night. Joshua had the word in him, and he was successful as a result. Before Joshua's called, we find a, a, a story of him in, in Numbers, where Moses um, sends him and 11 other spies to spy out the land. And um, before they go, Moses says to them, you know, I want you to go spy out the land, and I want you to come back with a report. I want you to say whether, you know, it was what the land was like. I want you to tell me what the people were like. I want you to tell me what the cities were like. I basically want to know everything about this land. And, and those guys went out and did it. They spied out the land, and all of them went out knowing that this was the promised land. God made it very clear that this land is yours. I've promised it to you. So they all knew the word of the Lord. They all went out knowing that this is our land. And Moses asked us to go make a report on it, come back. And they came back and they gave a report, all of them giving um, a similar report that the land was really good. Like God said, it was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was super duper fruitful. And um, it was exactly what God had said. But... The cities are strong and the people there are giants. And, and as they gave this report, and as some of them started saying, well, you know, but, but what about the giants there? What about the giants there? There are ten guys that were on the sort of, well, I don't think we can do it. And as they did this, a guy named Caleb and pipes up. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm not afraid to shout and be passionate. Because he was, he was one who had the same passion as Joshua. And he pipes up and he says, he, he, he stops them on, he said, let's go. Let's go now. We can surely take it. So out of this midst of, well, doubt and grumbling and I don't think we can do it. He stands up and he's like, guys, let's go now. He was one of those guys where you're like, whoa, wait a second. You're a bit too eager, an eager beaver. And he's like, let's go. You can imagine him. He's starting to walk out and then nobody's following him. He sort of turns around. Okay. And he was so ready. And him and Joshua were the same. And the ten other guys were so mad at them because of their faith and their boldness that they even threatened to stone them. And they're trying to get all of the camp to do the same. Crazy. And, and as they were doing this, it says in, in, in Numbers, it says, And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of, of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is moved from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So you've got these two groups. You've got the ten, the no men, like no way we can do it. And you've got the two. And they were the yes men. You've got the we can't, and we've got the we can. You've got the no way, and you've got the yes way. 
<laughs> You've got the, the, the scared and trembling. They even said, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. And, 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 and it's interesting when you look at that because they actually said, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. It was the way they looked at themselves because they didn't know, they didn't remember the word. And their calling that God had called them. But the two were, were like bold and, and as bold as lions saying, yes, we can, we can do it. The secret to Joshua and Caleb is that they remembered the word and God's promises. And I put an elephant up there because they're, apparently they don't forget anything. And it was kind of cute, a baby elephant. And we, we need to be a people who, 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 who remember his word, who keep it at the forefront of our mind all the time. And Joshua and Caleb, they were part of the ten. And I guess the question to you is, will you be part of the ten or will you be part of the two? To take the land and lay hold of God's promises, you need to know what he says about you. You need to know what he's promised you. Yes, there may be giants. Yes, there may be, um, there may be things that seem to, to um, tell you that you can't do it. Everyone around you may be saying, you're nuts. But if you are people of God and part of the two, if God says it, that settles it. Don't be a part of the ten. Don't be a part of the ten. Joshua 21.45 says, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of LRC had failed. All came to pass. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Stephen Diana had failed. All of them came to pass. And interestingly, it took Joshua and Caleb years to see this promise happen. Caleb was in his 80s by the time he actually entered the promised land. Joshua had to fight for it with everything that he had. This wasn't easy to lay hold of what they knew they were promised. Joshua, it says of him in Joshua 13, 1, it says, now this is God speaking. I love this. He's so blunt. Listen to this. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. God will always tell you the truth. He says, you are old and advanced in years. And there remains yet very much land to possess. Moses, it says Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. I love that. You know what, you might, you know, Will made a joke about older people in this room earlier, but um, you might be older in this room. You might be here and you may have had to fought for what was promised, but my word to you is, is, and God's word to you is don't give up. The only reason you're alive now is because he still has stuff for you to do. And just because you might have gray hair doesn't mean you have to back off to what God has for you. Us young guys need to, need to know what you know. And we need to see you guys running because I want to be nipping at your toes. And the only way I'm going to be nipping at your toes is if you're running ahead of me. Don't give up. And if you are alive today, it's because there remains yet very much land to possess. Finally, just the last point is a story about Joshua and Jericho. 
And Dave Shutt touched on this story a few, few weeks ago. And, and God had promised Joshua that he would take this city called Jericho. And um, this was a city that was well fortified. It was a city with walls surrounding it. It says in the scriptures that it was sealed shut, that no one, in the message it says, no one was getting in and no one was getting out. And, and there was no way to impregnate this, this city. There was no way that these guys were going to get in. And God says to Joshua that the only way that you're going to take this city is to walk around the city in complete silence for seven days. On the first six days, I want you to walk around it once a day. And on the seventh day, I want you to do it seven times. And when you get to the end of all the walking, all the circles and circles and circles and circles and what seemed like nothing was happening, I want you to shout with everything you can muster. And when you do, the walls will come down. And sure enough, Joshua did exactly what the, what the Lord said. And sure enough, they took the city of Jericho. And this city was part of the promised land. It was in the boundaries of the promised land. So Joshua knew it was his. He knew the word of the Lord that he needed to walk around it so many times. And, 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 and as I was preparing, I just felt like um, in this room, some of us may have Jerichos in our lives. Promises that God has given us that seem so tightly shut. And you are looking for a victory. It might be in healing. It might be in finance. It might be jobs opening up. It might be house sales. But God wants to speak with you and give you specifics this morning on how to see the victory. I know in my life there have been times when I've had a Jericho and I had the word from God. It meant sometimes you have to just wait and wait and wait and wait on the Lord until you see an answer. And sometimes it feels like you're going in circles and circles and circles. And... um, the guys that were going around Jericho, they had this promise that they were going to take the land. And, and, and as I said, some of us in this room have, have Jerichos. And it felt like you were just, it was it literally, you're going in circles. Like this was Jericho. And they're going around and around and around and around and around and around. And there's a, there's a, there's a nice, not nice little scripture. It's a great little scripture. And it says this, and, and he said to the people, this is Joshua speaking, go forward March around the city. Go forward. March around the city. And you may feel like you've been going in circles with God. But God says you're moving forward. What I love about Jericho is not a brick moved until the very end. If it was me, I would have got about like here on the third day and said, Oh man, God, at least make a brick move. Like, come on, just give me a sign that something is happening. But God, his promise wasn't that. He said, if you follow my word and you obey it, and you go around the city so many times, then the walls will fall flat. And there's so many times in our lives where we have a promise from God, and we get, we're waiting and we're pushing through, and we get maybe halfway and we say, God, just give me a sign. And he just gives you the same word. Just keep going. Just give me a sign. Just keep going. Please make a brick move. A stone moved 2,000 years ago for you. 
which meant all God's promises were yes and amen in him. And the only stone that needed to move has already moved for you. Has already moved for you. And when you get to the end, you're going to look back and say, thank you, God. You fulfilled your word in my life. Because he's not a liar. So keep moving forward. Keep going. Keep grasping the calling, says the Lord. There's so many times where I've been in Asda, and God tells me to go and speak to somebody about, about you know, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit prompts me to go speak to somebody about Jesus. And, um, and I'm in Asda, and this happened loads of times. And I say to God, he's given me a word, he's given me a promise, okay? He says, go speak to this person and just tell them about Jesus, and maybe you can pray for them if I see them with a limp. And, and I would be in, in Asden, and I must look like a nut, because I'm just sitting there, like, picking up random cans of soup, talking to God, <laughs> to fake, like, I'm normal. Like, God, I'm going to go this way. If I see them again, I'll do it. And I go this way, and then I see them again. Like, oh. God... Make them drop that can of soup if it's you. <laughs> and you're waiting there. You hear something bang over here. You're like, oh, no, it wasn't them. And like, you're like, okay. And then you deliberate again. Make them say the number 1,254. And I'll know it was you. And it's like we're deliberating. Like, come on, God, make a brick fall. But you know what? The only thing you need to know is obedience is your responsibility. The outcome is God's. Obedience is your responsibility. Outcome is God's. God told you to do it. Do it. Be obedient. He'll sort out the rest. It's not about us. And I love that about Joshua. He knew that it wasn't about him. And I believe that's why if you, can read, if you read um, in Hebrews 11, you read about the, the heroes of faith. And Joshua never gets a mention. Read Hebrews 11, it's nuts, because Jericho was mentioned, which Joshua had a major hand in. Moses was mentioned, and even the prostitute Rahab was mentioned. And it baffles me, because a prostitute gets a mention, but Joshua doesn't. I think, what's going on there? Come on, Joshua's, you know, a mighty man. He was, he was fantastic. Why doesn't he get this accolade of being a man of faith? And I've got a sneaky suspicion. It's to show us that Joshua, all he wanted to do was serve God and serve his leaders. They didn't care about what people said about him, what label people put on him. He didn't, it didn't matter to him. It says in Joshua eleven fifteen, just as the Lord had commanded Moses, his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. Now that's interesting because God commanded Joshua as well. He's saying he left nothing undone that the Lord had commanded his leader. In our church, it should be, I believe, we honor our leaders. And I want it to be said of me, just as the Lord had commanded the elders, so they commanded me, and so I did. And that's, a, that's what we all need to do. Because it says clear in the word that no man has an, has an authority unless they're under authority. And if you're young in this room, you need to find yourself a Moses. Find yourself a Moses. Find yourself a Moses. Get alongside them. Learn what they've learned. Because it's not about making a name for yourself or carving your own way. It's to take on what God has already done.
and is already doing. We aren't into one-man ministries. We aren't into becoming a church full of one-man celebrities. It doesn't matter what people, labels people put on you. It's all for Jesus. It's not for the accolades of man. So just like Joshua, you're called, rise early. His promises are certain. Be a part of the ten, and, or be a part of the two. You should have corrected me. Be a part of the two and not a part of the ten. Obedience is your responsibility. Outcome is his. And know that it's all about Jesus. We're just gonna, I just want to pray for, you, for us all. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have placed a sense of calling in each of our lives. That if we've come to know you, Father, we've come to understand this, this, this truth that is almost hard to understand. That you've called us before the beginning of time. And that you've set us apart to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people for your own possession. And I thank you, Father, that this room is full of Joshua's. And Father, I pray that you provoke action in each and every one of us. That you remind us of the promises, of personal promises that you've given us. Personal callings that you've, you've given us, dreams that you've given us in our youth. I pray, Father, that you would start to ignite those again in all of us. Father, that we would understand that it's all about you and it's all about your glory and it's all about your kingdom and it's all about serving you. And so, Father, we will give everything we have. We will give all that our heart and our soul and our mind and our bodies can muster for you, Jesus. Because we know, we know that the outcome is down to you. And so, therefore, Father, we will follow you to the end of our days. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.